0: Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today, We're going to talk about perseverance because I am joined by Rusty McDonald. She went from sexual abuse to domestic violence to jail and homelessness. But through all that, she became a multi book author. So we're going to talk about that today. Rusty, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Mr. Curtis. I am so grateful to be on this show and I'm just really super excited to see where we flow.
0: Absolutely. Why don't we start off by you kind of giving the audience a background about yourself, maybe telling us where you're from and any, anything else that you would want us to know?
1: Well, it's really I I am. Uh, I originated from Kentucky in the Appalachia area, and I grew up on the east coast of Florida. I went to college in Vermont and I built a house in Maine. And now I'm back on the west coast of Florida. So I did what I call the crazy eights. You know, you always go back to your roots for whatever reason, whatever season. And um, that's kind of the geography of my whole thing.
0: Well, kind of start telling us about your story. How did you go from everything that you went through, start from the beginning, and j- just kind of take us through the timeline of things that you went through. And, and now you're a multi-book author and we'll get to talk about your books, but just kind of give us the timeline and take us through everything from beginning.
1: I will take it as quickly as possible because my timeline's really stuffed with amazing events. But um, I was born to a teenage woman in the Appalachia in a time period in which dark skinned women. My mother was Cherokee, uh, teenager and Southern. <laughs> it was quite the taboo. So she had quite a bit going against her. And she hitchhiked from Kentucky to Florida with me in tow. And um, she worked in the immigrate immigration fields and, you know, she did squash and tomatoes and all the things that we take for granted. She did not start driving until she was like 30 or 40. So, you know, it was just old school, old school Southern. And she was not prepared, I don't think, to be a mother. Uh, There was a lot of abuse and a lot of neglect. And I don't think in her mind that was the case. I think she was being uber disciplinarian. (laughs) But in the standards of psychology and all of those other things, it was extremely abusive. And then I was abandoned again at the age of 14. My birth father abandoned me before birth. And so the age of 13, 14, my birth mother left me. Um, So I went on the streets of Florida and I ended up in foster care and I ended up in like juvenile detention centers because in Florida, there's just not enough resources for kids. And um, then I ended up in Vermont, because that's where my mother was. And Florida didn't want the responsibility of me. But I ended up in foster care up there and so on and so forth. So I graduated college, I graduated high school. And I married a pretty horrific person. So then I spent the last 17 years of that time with a very toxic marriage. And the last 10 years of my life, has been trying to detach myself from that toxicity. I'm back in Florida. I've written six, well, published six books and 16 total is what I've written. I host an international podcast as well as I tour around the world on TV and shows like yours to tell my story about what it's like to be shot, raped, and abused and still have faith in human humankind.
0: So what made you get into writing books? That's a lot of books to write. Most people don't even get their first first book out.
1: No, and it's not. And it's and it's funny because my first book would not have, you know, translated into anything because of my own insecurities of being just not good enough. You know, that's what you're what you learn over the years of abuse. And um I realized that you may not be grammatically correct, you may not be spell checky, you may not be, you know, the perfect English student, but your voice is really powerful. And how you translate that is really powerful. So, you know, we have great artists like Eminem and Runday MC, and you know, we have Adele. There's amazing people who utilize their voice and their story in a poetic fashion. And then there are individuals who can utilize that story in a grammatic fashion. And then there are individuals like me who are just like, hey, if you can't read it, that's cool. But somebody can, and they're going to resonate with that story. And they're going to you know, take that next step rather than kill themselves or give up. And that was kind of a huge emotional and mental hurdle to get over that not everybody's gonna like you you can't save everybody and those two keys to who I am as an individual and what I do with the realization that I'm not going to be able to save everybody and I'm not going to make everybody happy and I have to be okay with that that was huge and that's when my writing just took off because I'm like you know what this pump I'm out <laughs> you don't like
0: it don't look <laughs> right that's absolutely right so what got you over the hump with all the things that you went through with your rough childhood and your marriage how did you write the ship and get everything okay or did you have to seek professional help or how did you make it through oh
1: god yes absolutely I mean you know I literally was lying in my hospital bed. I just had the child that I was never supposed to ever have according to the medical world. And I was dying. The doctor was literally telling me I had 72 hours to live. And I have a six-month or six-week-old baby in my lap who I wanted my whole entire life. She's just amazing. And my ex-husband's yelling at me because this is really inconvenient. He's got to go to work and take the kids to daycare. And and he just was really awful while the doctor was explaining to him that I, if I didn't have immediate surgery, I'd be dead. And so when everybody left, I cried, which is a normal human response, and I realized that... I need to make choices. I need to make different choices in my life. And this is not the way I want to raise my daughter, the child that I've wanted forever. And this is not the way I would have wanted to be raised with my personal background. And my daughter now is 15. She goes to college in the morning. and She goes to high school in the afternoon. Her road is dermatology. That's what she wants to be. So she's, she's living the way I wish I could have in the sense of having support and love and, you know, that kind of stuff. My ex-husband did not take my leaving him very well. And we've had the last 10 years of just a very tumultuous, nasty, (laughs) legal battle. Because every time he can bring me into court, he does. We ended up in severe poverty. We ended up in homeless lost absolutely everything, lost my job, lost everything because of this. And I still feel very strongly that one foot in front of the other is the only way you're going to get to wherever it is you're meant to be. And and that's God-driven, that's universal-driven, Christ-consciousness, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, just one foot in front of the other because... They're going to come. They're going to test you. You're going to be tested. And if you're spicy enough, you're going to make it.
0: So it sounds like your daughter's a very smart person. She she might be then graduated from college by the time she graduates high school.
1: She is. She's going to be a senior with her associate. Well, when she graduates high school, she will have her associate's degree. So she'll be a junior for her bachelor's by the time she graduates high school. Yeah, she's wicked smart, wicked smart.
0: Well, that's good. Sounds like. very
1: determined to not live the life that we've lived. And that's really, you know, and in kind of a harsh way, (laughs) I'm proud of her because that's not the life I intended for her, but it was what happened.
0: Absolutely. So are you doing anything to advocate for other women or, or to help other women that have went through similar traumatic situations like you have and if so what are those things because your message could save somebody's life you know listening to this episode
1: amen and that's why i'm grateful for you airing me because it's very true i actually am i host my own podcast i am on tv often on various networks around the world and with my books, my books are all about self-esteem and building self-esteem in kind of a a gritty way. You know, when you come from this life, it's very hard to think that everything's going to be mimosas and peaches, because it's not. But when you look at yourself and you look at all the things you've done and appreciate that and feel secure in appreciating that, that's beautiful. I advocate for women's rights all over the world, actually. And I've been put in jail (laughs) because of it. And I hope to continue to do so because I think it's not just a woman's issue, it's a human issue. And if you were to look at the societies across the world and, and how they denigrate other people because of a difference, that's really the issue. And, and in America, it's really difficult because we market off of fear, we market off of submissive behaviors, we market off of ignorance, and that in itself has got me in a lot of trouble, <laughs> but I do speak out and advocate about that. One day I'm going to be a, the you know first woman president. Um, Let's
0: talk about the jail time that that you faced was it in this country kind of kind of speak about that and why you were arrested simply just trying to advocate advocate for women's rights.
1: oh it was really actually quite impressive because i have fought for my daughter to have a voice in court and her father is extremely abusive and so at the time we had made an agreement where we could move to Florida and he was fine with that. His lawyer who allegedly, and I'm saying allegedly sleeps with her clients, suggested that he give me a worm and I took it and I went to Florida. And then he said, I kidnapped her. So when I was, I drove up to a new England state they arrested me during my custody hearing (laughs) saying that I kidnapped my daughter and they put me in solitary confinement. So if I did not post that I was being arrested, I wouldn't probably still be there. And that was three years ago. They did not call the attorney general like they were supposed to. I couldn't eat the food because I have food allergies and they, they kept, they were very aggressive. They were really nasty. And It was all in the fact that I was trying to protect my daughter from being with a man alone, not unsupervised. Like if it was supervised visitation, I'd be okay with that, but yeah. So she ended up with him for nine weeks without my uh, rights. I lost all my rights for nine weeks and she ended up with PTSD, which is a permanent thing. And now we have to deal with that because the particular state does not advocate for children's rights or women's rights.
0: So how is your daughter doing now with everything that's going on? sounds like she's doing very well in school, but how is she coping and how are you helping her cope with everything that's going on dealing with her dad?
1: He has his fourth, or fifth wife now. So he's playing it cool. And he doesn't have her on a regular basis right now. Um, She only goes up for school vacations. So it's very temporary. So it's very showmanship. Like he can be the cool dad for a couple of weeks. And that's cool. She doesn't see that. She's angry. She's very angry. So we don't really talk about it. (laughs) I, I let that beast lie. But the last two years, the last two years of visitation evidently have gone pretty well, but that's because he has a new wife. So if that changes, then that's probably going to be different. But she's also 15 now, so you kind of weigh out. She's not vulnerable as much anymore, if it makes sense. Most of your viewers will understand what I'm saying. I don't know if you do, but...
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Definitely. When they're little, they're very vulnerable and very malleable. And people like my husband take advantage of that. But now that she's not so little anymore, now it's more of a manipulative game as to who's going to be the cooler parent, which I don't play, I, and she knows that. So it'll be interesting. I think she's safer now that she's older than she was when she was younger.
0: Well, let's talk about your podcast, kind of tell us about that and how listeners can check you out.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you. My podcast is kind of my other child. I absolutely love, love, love what I do. I get to travel around the world kind of like you do. I don't know where you are geographically, but, you know, I've been to New Zealand a few times this year, I've been to Spain a few times this year, and Thailand, and, all these amazing places because of technology during a pandemic in which everybody has, you know, their own version as to how they're dealing with that. And every country has their own version as to how they're dealing with that. My podcast is just this place where I love to be. If I could do it 12 hours a day, I absolutely would. Uh, I get to meet the most amazing people who do. Oh, they just do amazing work, and they come from places where it's really hard. And and you know, I've had mothers who have had arguments with their child, and the child got into the car to drive to the Seven Eleven, and that they ended up dead between the argument and Seven Eleven, which is like a block, you know, and. How do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? How do you get out of bed? And so for me, I just feel like this amazing microphone for everyday ordinary people with stuff and unpackaging that stuff is a present to me because how beautiful. How how vulnerable, how amazing that you're continuing to move forward in your tragedy. And I've always been like that. Even when I was three years old, I would collect food for the people in the same poverty line that we were in collecting food. (laughs) I never realized how poor we were. Um, I did realize how everything else was poor. And so... I have devoted my life to my podcast and now YouTube, and uh, it's really to shine the light on the regular everyday people, not the superstars, not the people who have bazillions of dollars. They're not the fabric of society. They're not what holds our countries together. They're not what holds our families together. it's It's really the everyday people who keep keep the world moving. And that's the cool part.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about, you know, you you not only traveled around the world, but you've been on all these different networks trying to get your message out. Talk about what that's like and some of the networks that you're on and maybe when the next time you're going to be on. So if people want to watch you, they can.
1: Thank you. I will be on quite a few shows. I was just on a Women's Summit this week, uh, virtual Women's Summit. And I I find it a very interesting journey. And I don't know if you go through this, Curtis. I had a proposition with a very large TV show, religious, because I'm a reverend. And they wanted me so badly to be on their show. And so we, I talked to the producer and the producer said that for me to be on their show for three minutes, it would be $3,500, $3,500 to be on their show for three minutes. I was kind of taken aback by that. And then she said, oh, but if you want five minutes, it's $9,000. Wouldn't God love you for that? And so that illustrates kind of the the thing that I go through in regards to different shows and different things <laughs> that I'm invited to. A lot of these companies are not really interested in the story; they're really interested in the check. And and that's been a very weird world, Curtis, because I'm not I'm not about that. So I get solicited <laughs> to do that quite a bit. So that's that's been very bizarre. If you go to my website, Rusty.info, R-U-S-T-I-E.info, then you can see where I have been. That's, you know, authentic and everyday people like your show. I really avoid kind of that marketing weird place because I just, I don't think it's good.
0: So what do they want you to pay them? Are they were going to pay you? This. No,
1: I wish they were going to pay me. Shoot, I'd be all over that. I'd be up in Duluth, Georgia, right now. No, they wanted me to pay them for. Wow. Can you imagine nine thousand dollars? What would you do with that, Curtis? I mean, seriously, what would you do with nine thousand dollars?
0: Oh, I'd get me some some more recording equipment and some more computers.
1: Lord, you'd be paying your rent. You'd be paying your light bill. You- you're not gonna be paying five minutes to be on a tv show that only a small segment of the population will watch so no it just it was really kind of that was yesterday by the way wow i was just kind of taken aback i'm like seriously you took all of this time out of my life because you wanted to sell me a package that i'm not taking okay wow well speak
0: speak to the um women and men who have gone through abuse, tough situations, tough lives, tough childhood that have been in the same position you're in, just kind of give them some advice and maybe some resources that you have that they can get help and be safe until they can get to where they need to get.
1: For my brothers out there, I would have to say that it's really extra hard for men women like to chat with each other and we like to have soul sisters and we like to have that hug and we're very capable of of connecting even if it's short term dudes guys you know brothers you you need to step up and say hello this happened and you don't have to tell anybody other than your sister or you don't have to tell anybody, uh, you know, You but you do have to say it. You have to say it with your words. And I think men have a real hard time with that. I think women need to let go of the traumatic responses that we have. And that's a long process. But my largest overall long-term advice is my brothers need to speak and my sisters need to let go we as women tend to hold on and we tend to control and we tend to be impulsive especially after severe abuse and it's not because we're bad people it's just because we're too afraid that something's going to fall and break and i don't mean that physically i mean that just life-wise you know the power's going to be turned off he's going to come and smack you in the head or you know, you're not going to have enough groceries for the night or, or whatever, whatever that shoe is that's going to fall. Women tend to try to prevent that. We're really good at that. And my males, my brothers, you need to speak up so it doesn't become an emotional atomic bomb where you end up killing yourselves or, you know, hurting somebody else. And you can reach out for help. I know it's COVID, but... I'm always here, you can email me, you know, hit my website up, watch some of my videos, watch some of Curtis's videos. There's there's things that you can do to kind of taper off that edge that we have with trauma. And eventually, you know, you're gonna cry less and you're gonna hurt less. It's still gonna echo, but it's not gonna be the focus and my big thing is focusing on my art and focusing on music. You know, if you're having an emotional day where you just can't get the the stuff out of your head, throw on some records, man. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm old, but jamming out to a huge amount of music for a couple of hours in my house, that is healing. Listening to gospel, that is healing. If you are atheist, you know, throw in some Metallica or corn or Eminem or whatever it is that pleases you, just but literally do it for two hours. And you will feel better because you've got that pain out and you got that fear out for that moment. It's one step in front of the other. It's it's one day at a time, one minute at a time. It's life is really short. It goes really past we are sacks of fatty water floating on a huge lava rock without a steering wheel into the universe which is infinite most of the crap that we hold on to and think about just doesn't matter it really really in the bigger scheme of things does not matter when you're 80 or 90 years old and you want to go rob a bank do it kindly but smoke a cigar throw in a jameson Put in your favorite 8-track, whatever it is, jam way, and be like, dude, I'm holding you up just for fun. Be mischievous. Be ornery. Don't be hurtful. Don't be mean. There's no need for that. And have fun in life, and not in a bad way, just in a kind of laugh a lot, enjoy it, hug more. Uh, and There's not one person on this planet that has not gone through sh-
0: what I was going to ask you about is, tell us about you got some upcoming projects and, you know, tell us about if you have any kind of special memories at uh, ministries. I know you mentioned that you were a reverend. So just kind of tell us about projects that you got upcoming.
1: My projects that are upcoming are really interesting because I am the div- in a process in which I'm looking at either buying an RV or building what's called a schoolie. So taking an old school bus and, and turning it into an RV. So whatever God chooses, it'll come. But my purpose in doing that is I want to take my podcast and my YouTube channel on the road and I want to actually have our meeting face to face where you and I are sitting there having coffee or tea or a glass of wine or whatever and having this conversation, because I think we have, as a society, closed up our windows and closed up our our doors. When I was growing up as a little girl in the South, your neighbors would come over and I know they were busy. They're just busy bodies. They want to know who you are, what you're doing, where you come from, like busy, but you still had some sense of community. Nowadays, people just kind of look at you out the window. Oh, somebody moved across the street. And they lock their door. So it's a fear-based society. And I don't want that. I don't want to represent that. And so I want to go on the road and take my podcast and my YouTube video and share the beautiful nature of what America is and what Canada is, because that's drivable, right? And eventually what the rest of the world is on a face-to-face level. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be a two-year developing process and i have a book coming out in the next couple of months 30 days of how to love yourself very hard to do when you come from trauma uh so it's a step-by-step gritty guide as to you know looking at yourself in the mirror and being okay with the fact that you have spinach in your teeth but (laughs) it just is what it is and it's kind of silly and fun and, and having a fun way of getting through those moments where you feel insecure and I start my podcasts again, I'm doing a 52 series podcast, YouTube podcast of people around the world talking about what lifts them up, what makes them tick, you know, we all have, we all tickle our hearing switches, right? Like we all get that little tickle where we're like, oh, I'm going to flip my switch <laughs> But there's another switch that we have, we have kind of that switch that gets us up out of bed and, and that switch that keeps us living, even if it's dark. And, and that's the part of people I wanna know because that's the tender part, that's the, the compassionate part and the loving part. So that's coming up. I start next month recording those so that the summer and fall are gonna be jam packed with amazing people across the world.
0: Sounds like my listeners have a lot to be looking forward from you. <laughs> yeah. Give out your contact information again, your social media links, your website again, so people can connect with you.
1: Thank you, Curtis. Um, my, I make things really easy because we're so busy. Uh, it's rustie.info. So all my links are there. The ladies summit that I just did, it was a three-day summit on empowering yourself to get out of your own way. We do that. We get our own way. Um, That's currently happening right now. A beautiful summit. There's quite a few of us that are speaking about different ways to challenge yourself, to better yourself. And right now, it's a beautiful time because, well, it's COVID. And most of us are under some form of lockdown, whether it's 100% or 20%, but we're still not at full capacity. So what are you doing with your time? Let's do this. Let's get good, right? So Rusty.info, that's it. Curtis, you have been a blast.
0: Well, I definitely try to be. I tell people that the podcast is not about me. It's about the guests and telling their stories so they could teach and motivate and inspire others. And speaking of that, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave the listeners with?
1: I think my favorite word that I could chew on as an author, as a mother, as a woman, as a preacher is perspective. So instead of judging or looking at somebody with coward eyes or or the crows look, Southern people know what that means. Step back and, and see them differently. Just try, try to see them from your perspective. The world is really a beautiful place it's really amazing and we're fed a lot of garbage it's not necessarily true if you're willing to turn off the tv for 21 days and turn off your social media for 21 days i'm telling you you will be healed (laughs) it's just it's a different world and letting go of that stuff you know, toxic people are are only going to make toxic people. And you don't want to be a part of that. You really want to be a part of the good stuff and the volunteering stuff and the stuff that makes children smile and husbands laugh and wives feel proud and, and aunties and uncles, you know, feel like they can step into their day. And TV is not good and social media, not necessarily good, but choose a wisely, you know. But focus on yourself and happiness and jokes. I'm telling you, whatever kind of joke you like, if you, if you can do that three times a day, morning, lunch, and dinner, tell yourself a joke, find a new joke, lighten your heart, this whole experience would be so much better for everybody.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Rusty McDonald, Rusty. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Curtis, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. And listeners, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream dream.